I hope and pray that you can feel the Spirit of the living God uh, like we do right here uh, at White Oak Baptist Church. I want to encourage you to take your Bible, if you would, and turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9, and I want to preach a message entitled, Mud Pies. Mud Pies. <laughs> this is one of the most interesting, to me, one of the most interesting um, miracles in the New Testament. It is exclusive to John. It is not found in any of the Synoptic Gospels. And John gives it a lot of space. Uh, the entire ninth chapter of John uh, is given to this miracle. This morning we're just going to look, we're just going to look at the miracle itself and not really the discussion uh, that follows that miracle. Um, when you look at this, it's interesting to me that we are going to see a man who was born blind. But listen to this very carefully. It was the light of the world that touched a man in total darkness and changed his life forever. And so as you look at your word, let's begin reading in verse number 1 of John chapter 9, and let's look at this miracle together. The Bible says in verse 1, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of Him who sent me, Jesus said, while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When He had said these things, listen to what He did. When He had said these things, He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. Jesus made mud pies. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and he washed, and he came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. And others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus. Can you say that with me? A man called Jesus. Say it one more time. A man called Jesus because Jesus will change your life. A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? Listen to his answer. He said, I do not know. 
Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bow before you. And we thank you so much that we can be right here, right now. And Father, I just pray that you this morning would help us to see truth from your word. Oh, dear God, I pray that you would draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall, and we will thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are three things that I would like for you to notice in this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, I want us to notice together the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation. Verse 1 says this, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. It said Jesus passed by. When you look at uh, this text, you realize that Jesus is leaving the temple. He has been there to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And what I love about this is that Jesus takes time to stop and minister to this man who was born blind. Think about that just for a moment. This man had never seen the beauty of a rose. This man had never looked into the eyes of his mother. This man had never looked upon the ornate temple that he was sitting in front of. This man never saw the sparkle off the Sea of Galilee. This man never saw a sunrise, and he never saw a sunset. But Jesus saw him. Jesus looked upon this man with compassion. The disciples, they looked upon this man with curiosity. We see that in verse 2. The Bible says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, listen, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, they looked upon him with curiosity. Uh, they looked upon this man as a case study to be examined. They looked upon him as a riddle to be solved, a puzzle to be worked out. They were ready to play 20 questions. Who sinned, this man or his parents? In other words, was it prenatal or was it parental? Which one? Was it his fault or was it someone else's fault? In that day, in Jewish thought, uh, they were convinced that a man could sin uh, in his mother's womb. This right here goes all the way back, really, to the time of Job. Do you remember Job's three friends, the three comforters that he had? They were always accusing him of sin, and that's why he was going through the tragedy that he was going through. And so the disciples look at Jesus, and, and they ask this question that would have been a very common question in that day. But what I want you to notice is I want you to notice Jesus and the answer that he gives. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Don't you love that? He, what he does is this. He does not go back to the Garden of Eden. He doesn't go back to that original sin that 
cause all the disease and death to come into the world. He doesn't do that. He says, let's look at this man. Let's talk about this man. It wasn't this man, and it wasn't this man's parents. That's not the reason that he was born blind. Can I tell you something? Every time I read this story, it's very personal to me. And it's very personal to my wife, Leslie. 27 years ago, our youngest son was born with Down syndrome. And I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, there are a lot of sweet people in this world. But there are some cruel people. Uh, there are a lot of sweet people in this world, but there are some mean people. And when Daniel was born with Down syndrome, uh, we ran into a couple of those mean people, and they just point-blank ask, what sin did you commit? What were you doing that made your son uh, be born with Down syndrome? I'm going to be honest with you. My thought when they would say that, only two people that I remember, my thought was this, I don't know anything about that, but I'm about to punch you in the nose. I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be sin. Uh, but maybe it'll be righteous indignation. I don't know. But, but listen, I want you to know something. When I think of this passage of Scripture, it takes me back to when Daniel was born. Because what Jesus is saying is this. Listen, this man's birth and the fact that he was born blind was not a disaster, but it was an opportunity for God to be glorified. And I can tell you, I can tell you in the last 27 years that Daniel, our son, has glorified the name of God. Listen, if you want someone to pray for you, ask Daniel to pray for you. That boy will pray. I understand about 50 or 60% of what he's saying when he's praying. Leslie understands about 95% of what he's saying because she's with him all the time. But King Jesus understands every word that he says. And I'm telling you, he glorifies God in what Jesus is doing. What Jesus is doing is saying, listen, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I want you to know that this man was born so that the works of God could be manifested. Look at what he says next. In verse 4, I must work, Jesus said this, I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. What, what's Jesus saying? Jesus sort of dropped this into this miracle. This is what He's saying, I'm limited, I'm going to die. I'm headed to Jerusalem, the final time, and, and I am headed to the cross. And so I've got to work the works of Him who sent me while I have time. Church, I don't know about you, but, but that puts a fire in me. That we don't have time to sit around and argue about how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. We don't have time to sit around and argue about the fact of did Adam and Eve have a belly button. We don't have time to argue where did Cain get his wife. Listen, we need to work the works of Him who has called us. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, let's not talk about these things that don't matter. We must glorify God. 
when you look at this, we see the, the reality of the situation. But I love this next part because we see the reaction of the Savior. Look at what Jesus does in verse 6. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. I, I just love that. I just love that he, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. Have you ever noticed how many different ways Jesus healed people? I believe it's, it's so that we won't have mud pie Baptist church. He, he, would, he knows how crazy we would be. We would take one thing and we'd just build an entire denomination around it. But no, he is so creative. Here, hey listen, here he spits on the ground. And I've read so many things about why did he spit on the ground and make mud pies. I read once that um, he was trying to prove the, the healing quality of saliva. I, I don't think so. I read one person that said he was trying to make him more blind. When he rubbed that on his eyes, he was trying to make him more blind. How can you make somebody that's totally blind more blind? That doesn't make any sense. I read others that said he's trying to take us back to creation and that we all came as men from dirt. I read another that said this. I thought this was funny. He was just trying to irritate the man. And that way that when he tells him to go wash, uh, that he would really want to go wash. I want you to come here close. Come here real close. You say, Brother T, you went to seminary. Uh, tell us why, why did he rub mud pies on this man's eyes? Here, here's the answer. I don't know. I really don't know. And neither do you. We can speculate, but we just don't know. But what I do know is this, that it was something that proved and showed that Jesus was the promised one. That He was the Messiah. You say, how do you know that? In Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, listen to these words. So He, Jesus, came to Nazareth where He had been brought up and his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then, I love this, he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, <laughs> I love that, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, the promised one will be able to open blinded eyes. John chapter 9 in our text, and in verse 32, it says this, in explanation of all of this, since the world began, it has been unheard of 
that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. There's truth there. You look through the Old Testament, I can't find one. You look all the way up to John chapter 9. This is the first one that I can find of someone who was born blind but received their sight. Listen, just one more thing on this. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 5, John the Baptist was in prison and he was doubting. Is Jesus the one? Is he the promised one? And his disciples went and asked Jesus and Jesus in verse 5 said, Go back and tell John. That the lame walk, the deaf hear, the, the dead are raised, and the blind see. And so right here in our text, Jesus there near the temple, listen, he rubs mud pies on this man's eyes. And I love what the Bible says. And he anointed his eyes, the eyes of the blind man with clay, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. Do you get that? The one who was sent, sent him to sent. I love that. The one who was sent from God the Father, sent the blind man to a pool named sent. You say, uh, was that a long journey? I've, I've, I've walked that several, several times in my life. It's about five football fields. Uh, from the steps of where the temple stood to where this pool is. Uh, 700 years before Jesus was born, Hezekiah had this temple, excuse me, this tunnel uh, dug. He was uh, fearful of the Assyrian army, and so he had this tunnel dug. And, and I've walked through Hezekiah's tunnel, through water about knee-deep, all the way to this pool. When we were there last January, um, we, we were right there in this area. And so what he does is he says, go to this pool and wash. And notice what it says, and he came back seeing. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. This man, in obedience and in an act of faith, he takes off walking to this pool, and he came back seeing. So we see the reality of the situation. We see the reaction of the Savior. The third thing that I want us to notice is this. Listen very carefully. The response, I call it this, the response of the swarm. The response of the multitude. The response of the crowd. I'm going to tell you what they were like. They were like a bunch of nosy neighbors. That's what they were like. Look at what the Bible says in verse 8. Therefore the neighbors, here they are, and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Now they're talking about him like he's not even there. Verse 9. Some said, This is he. Okay? Just imagine this. That's what I do. I love to imagine the Word of God. This is he. Others said, well, he's like him. This guy's feisty. I love it about this guy. He's feisty. He sat there listening to them. Finally, he just said, hey, I am he. I am he. Later on, he gets even more feisty. They keep asking questions, and he looks at them and says, what, you want to be one of his disciples too? And boy, that didn't go over very well. 
But here, they're asking questions. In verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? How? If you read this story, over and over they say how. How? How did this happen? How? 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 What I love is he takes them from how to who. That's what he does. Notice what he says here. After they say, how were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus. I want you to look at this. Look at the simplicity of what he's saying here. He didn't try to to um, get on uh, the local television program and, and talk about it in a big way. He just, in a very simple way, said this. A man called Jesus made clay. Hey, he anointed my eyes. Hey, he said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went, I washed, and I received my sight. It's Jesus. You see, Jesus passed by. And then he said, hey, it's a man called Jesus. Jesus is taking him on this journey. All he knew was he was a man. Later he's going to say he was a prophet. A man called Jesus. He did this and, and he did that. Verse 12. They said to him, this verse, I don't know, this, there's a little humor to me in this verse. They said to him, where is he? They're asking a man that had never seen directions. I don't know, that just, that just tickled me. This man had never seen anything, and they're saying, where is he? Can you tell us where he is? And I love the honesty, I don't know. I don't have a clue. I really don't know. Well, we're not going to take time this morning, but I'm telling you, a discussion begins that is amazing and incredible. But what it does is it leads to verse 35. And I want you to listen to these words. Because as I said, Jesus passed by, had compassion on this man, taking him on a journey, heals him physically, and now spiritually, he's about to get a hold of his life. The Bible says in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out of the temple. And this is what he said. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? This man said this. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And then he said, Lord, listen to this, I believe and he worshipped him. I believe. And he worshipped him. Let me tell you something, church. That's what happens in your life when Jesus passes by. And in obedience and in faith, you respond. And you believe that will lead to worship in your life. It will lead to worship this morning as our praise team, as they were singing. Listen, as Drew was playing that drum box, as Andrew was on the guitar, 
as the, the team was singing, I was standing over in the shadows here, and I, listen, listen, I was having a spell because I remember the day that I got saved. I remember how Jesus changed the life of my father, my dad, my earthly dad. And I saw that and I said, that's impossible. That's impossible. Because he's so different. He's so different. And I said to myself, I've got to have who he has. Who in the world has he met? My dad led me to faith in Jesus. And I'm telling you, I was seven years old. You say, how do you know I was there when it happened? That's how I know. And let me tell you something else. I've never gotten over the fact that Jesus saved my soul. And it's led me to worship and praise the King. Can I ask you a question? Has Jesus passed by your life? If He has... He's passed by with compassion. Others might want to try to pick you apart. Others might want to play 20 questions with your life like these disciples wanted to do with this man born blind. But Jesus will have compassion on you. This morning, this morning, Jesus is passing by. And listen, I want to encourage you to reach out and accept King Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And I promise you, your life will not be easy. It, it, it won't be just a bed of roses. But I promise you, your life will be changed. And there's heaven to follow. Let's pray together. Our Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray. God, I pray that you would help us to continue to see truth in this passage of Scripture. I thank you, dear Jesus, that you passed by, that it was a man called Jesus that passed by. Father, I pray if there's anyone out there watching in the morning, or maybe they're watching this at night, or maybe late afternoon, God, that in this uh, message that Jesus will walk by, and they'll say yes in faith. To him. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to walk for the King in this dark world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I encourage you to share this with your friends? And until next time, God bless you.